the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to go from verse 10 to verse 12. Verse 10, and you are in Him. Where are you? In Him. Ye made full, having come to fullness of life. That's past tense. In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. And He is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. There's nothing greater than Him to have. In Him also you were circumcised with the circumcision not made with hands, but in a spiritual circumcision performed by Christ by stripping off the body of the flesh, the whole corrupt carnal nature with its passions and lusts. Thus... You were circumcised when He buried you with Him in your baptism, in which you were raised with Him to a new life, through your faith in the working of God as displayed when He raised Him from the dead. The one phrase that you see repeated over and over again is, In Him. In Him. In Him. He is our life. And when we try to find life in anything else... We come up empty, don't we? Because life is Him for us. In Him is our identity, security, our hope. In Him is our liberty, our unity, our love, our acceptance. In Him is everything that we sought to find in the things of this world in vain. In Him is the truth of life, the way of life. In Him is peace that passes all understanding. In Him is rest for the soul that allows rest for the body. In Christ is wisdom, sanity, clarity. In Him there is victory, confidence, unity. In Him is healing, forgiveness, full pardon, and unconditional love. He is the key, the purpose, and the reason for life, and in Him we have significance. We are held secure not because of our behavior or our obedience or our service or anything that we can produce in this life, but because we are in Him. What do we need as Christians to live the successful Christian life? 
we need to live in the truth that we are in Him. We need to know what we already have and live in it. Paul saying we are complete in Christ. It's all past tense. You're full. It's not a conditional statement. He doesn't say, if you do this, if you behave this way, if you learn this, if you walk this way, you'll be full. He's saying, you are complete in Christ. Upon your birth into me, you received all that I am. There's no more to receive. There is a fullness for you. Now, if I had a bottle full of water, and I take this bottle full of water, I cannot add anything to this bottle that is full of water because it is full. It is my bottle of water, and its fullness belongs to me by virtue of the fact that it is mine. So, I set that bottle full of water right here on this podium. If I don't drink of it, whose is it? If I go out and drink of something else that doesn't quite quench my thirst, does it empty that bottle? If I spend weeks, months, years away from that bottle, does it get any less full? No. You're wondering, and many times the enemy will bring to you the accusation that I have passed it up, that I have messed it up so much that my life has been laid waste in such a way that I could never completely know the fullness. I'm too old, I've sinned too many times, I've walked away too many times, that God only has a portion for me. But let me tell you something, that the fullness of God in you never diminishes. You can be just as full with the turning of your heart towards the truth of your life you are full you may not live like you're full you may not understand your fullness you may not participate in the truth of that fullness but just as that bottle will remain full in me there is a fullness that never diminishes I need to open it I need to drink from it and allow that fullness to refresh and renew and flow before I can really appreciate. And the thing is, Christians, so many of us are walking around full but never appreciating it. Always being told that we need to stuff one more thing in. Well, let me tell you something. There is nothing that you can add to Jesus. You have a fullness in Him. You are complete in Him. You have been made full, having come to fullness of life. Is your life full? Is it? I talk to a lot of people who don't believe their life is full, even though they're Christians. In fact, generally they'll tell me, my life will be full when? I'm just waiting for God to make my life full. You know, when my husband will start loving me, when my job will start paying me for all the time that I spend, start treating me right, when my children start obeying, you you just fill in the blank. But you see, all of those things, every one of those things, have a purpose. We've talked about this before. You know what that purpose is? Every circumstance you encounter in life is to demonstrate for you the sufficiency and the fullness of the life within you. That's its purpose. Do you believe that it could have any other purpose? Do you think God's up there just testing to see what's in you? He knows what's in you. 
He knows who you're full of. He knows the life that flows within you. He doesn't have to do that. You see, Paul refused to live from any other reality than Christ is his life. You see that through all of his letters and through his experiences. He refused to live from any other reality. He refused to live to the idea that, that being of spiritual stature was his life, even though he attained spiritual stature. He refused to believe that life was being a Jew. He refused to believe that life was having political power. He refused to believe that life was in any of those things. He would only embrace life as Christ and Christ as life. So knowing that Christ is life and life is Christ, he says, I can only think of one thing that I want to be the determined purpose of my life. It's to know the life within me. It is to know Him. We've talked about that so many times. Paul made a determination within himself that says, You know, I am full. I have within me untold richness. I have within me a sufficiency that I have only begun to explore. A richness that I've only begun to explore in the intimate, personal relationship that I have with Him. Oh, I want to know Him. And you know what? When you get to Philippians 3, when you get to verse 11, 3, 10, and 11, when you get to verse 11, He makes that statement. He says, while in the body. That means now, doesn't it? It means now. But you know, I, I talk to so many people who believe that they're going to know Him when they get to heaven. Let me tell you something. You can know Him now. You can know Him now. Walk in that. We as Christians don't need to become anything more than who we are. We don't need to add any more to who we are. We just need to know and live out of who we are. We are complete. We are in Him. And He has completed us. Well, you may say to me, well, my flesh is awful strong. And I've tried to live that way. But there are just certain things in my life that I'm just not able to overcome. So it just, you know, I, 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 that all sounds real good, but that's just not the way. It, you know, I'm just naturally this way. Sin is part of, it, it inserts itself. I'm forever failing. I'm forever falling. So I believe that that's just part of who I am. I don't think I'll ever be like Paul. If you think sin is more natural to you than walking in truth as a Christian, you've been lied to. And you're lying to yourself. You've been deceived and blinded. You are a new creation. And you're standing in the righteousness of Christ. You're in union with Him. There's an illustration that God put forth through the ritual of circumcision. In verse 11, He says, In Him also you were circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands, but in a spiritual circumcision, performed by Christ by stripping off the body of flesh, the whole corrupt carnal nature with its passions and its lust. You see, when you received His life, everything that was true about your spiritual condition before you knew Him had to die. Everything that was you before Christ had to die. 
And in that condition, there was a power that reigned in your life. You were born into the kingdom of this power. This power held you. This power enslaved you. This power is known as the power of sin. Yeah, that's right. The Bible actually calls sin, sarks, a person, an entity. It identifies this power. It says, sin, you are enslaved to this power. You had no choice. You were a part of its expression. You were its tool. You were literally in bondage to it. You see, you could train yourself to behave by the standard, but you would not remove sin, the power of sin from your life. The power of sin separated you from God. And everything that you did would be a fruit of that power. No matter how good it looked, it would still be a fruit of that power. Sin was your natural existence. Before you received Christ, the force and the power of sin absolutely held you as a slave. It was by necessity, as you were under this power, that you sought life in everything outside of you. you remember that? Well, don't we fall into it? That's what's called carnality, isn't it? When I begin to seek life outside of me, the externals, when I begin to seek life into the wor- in the world, when I begin to seek life in the things of this world, when I begin to seek life by what I do, by what other people do, as I begin to seek those lives, I have slipped in to my original position where I need a life because I don't have one. Haven't I? The power of sin held you and you were lifeless. Lifeless. Something had to happen. Something had to happen before you could have freedom from this thing. Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 3 says, And you He made alive when you were dead slain by your trespasses and sin, in which you at one time walked habitually. You were following the course and fashion of this world. We're under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that is constantly work in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, the and unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. Among these we are we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passion of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thought of the mind. Our cravings dictated our senses and our dark imagining. We were then, listen, we were then by nature, do you hear that? By nature, children of God's wrath and heirs of His indignation like the rest of mankind. Your nature was corrupt. That's who you were. As a Christian, that was who you were. You couldn't change that. That was who you were. Now, the enemy wants to convince you that that hasn't changed. But this verse, verse 11, he says to you that there is a circumcision that takes place. 
He says, in him you also were circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands, but in a spiritual circumcision performed by Christ by stripping off the body of flesh, the whole corrupt carnal nature with its passions and its lusts. He removed it. He removed the power of sin. You are no longer a slave to it. Your life was ruled by sin and Christ removed the power of sin. He cut it away so that it was no longer who you are. It's called the spiritual circumcision. And it was an outward act. The, the original was an outward act done by the hand of man in infancy. The spiritual is, a, is an inward act done by the hand of God at birth. And God has removed from you this power called sin. It no longer dictates your movements. It no longer defines you as it did before. This spiritual circumcision was something that only God did. The physical circumcision was a ritual act that God commanded of the Jew. For the Jew, it was a symbol of their being a Jew, God's chosen people. It was later equated to salvation in the teachings of the rabbis. It indicated their national identity, their spiritual purity, and their commitment to God. You know, to be called uncircumcised was an insult. God referred to the wicked nations and the idolaters as uncircumcised. And what he was basically saying is they weren't his people. God also referred to the Jews as the uncircumcised of heart. Which means this, they might change their behavior, but they could never change who they were. Think about that. Jeremiah 9.26 says, Egypt, Judah, Edom, the children of Ammon, Moab, all of whom are related except Egypt. And all who live in the desert and who clip off the corners of their hair and their beards. For all these nations are uncircumcised in heart. And all the house of Israel is uncircumcised in heart. Circumcision of the body did not change the heart. The power of sin still held man captive. They needed something to remove that. The man needed to be born again. The external ritual would never empower us to overcome sin. Externals never empower us to overcome the pull of this world. But you know, religion seems to teach us that it does. But the reality is that it's the life within us. We've been spiritually circumcised. God took that bit of flesh and removed it from us so that it no longer had any influence upon who we were. It would no longer identify us. It would no longer have any part in us. When we were put into Christ, the power of sin was removed. Romans 6, 6 says, We know that our old, unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with Him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be slaves of sin. So we were in Christ at the cross. We died with Him, and the power of sin was removed at death. But as glorious as it was to be rid of that ugly thing, we needed more. We needed more. All that was a part of me, apart from Christ, had to die. All of it had to die. The wicked me, the selfish me, the rebellious me, the hurt me, the afraid me, the insecure me, the proud me, the victim me, the abused me. You fill in the blank, every bit of that had to die. 
You see, these things could no longer be called my life. Because when I died with Christ, everything that I used to define my life apart from Him, past, present, or future, died with Him. Now many of you would sit there and say, you know, this is who I am, and this is how I became who I am. I'm telling you that there is a truth that is greater than the life you've lived. It's the life that is in you. It's Jesus. And what He did for us is so overwhelming. Because, you know, I would not have a whole lot of victory in my life if I, just, if I knew that God at one time removed the power of sin away from me only for me to re-embrace it later. Or that I was no longer a slave for sin for a period of time. But, you know, many Christians live that way. They really believe that now they are hopeless. They believe that now suddenly sin has them and there's no hope for them. Let me tell you something. Sin never has you. Jesus has you. And you may participate in sin, but when you do, you may, you may yield to it, but when you do, it will wound you. You know why? Because it wasn't meant for you. You may go out there and do those things, but when you do, you will know that sin doesn't suit you. It will reveal itself as not being a part of who you are. All of that died with Him. Every bit of it. When He says that you have died, you were crucified with Christ, understand all that died. We're not talking about up to the point at nine years old when I received Christ, everything that I'd done wrong up to that point died with Christ. We're not just talking about that. We'd still be talking about a lot, but we wouldn't be talking about all of it. No, what we're talking about is my sinful life. As it was identified that I was a slave of sin. That was the person I was. And this spiritual circumcision cut the power away from me so that it no longer had influence over my life. And then, through His death, I died. And what died with me was all of the failures that will ever be committed in my life. All of the abuses, all of the doubts, all of the fears, all of the things that we allow to haunt us died with Him at the cross. And what Paul is teaching us through Ephesians, through Philippians, through Colossians, what he is teaching us is the reality is that we have life in Him. We don't have to live in bondage anymore. We don't have to be distracted by our failures. We don't have to be distracted by our inconsistency. We don't have to be distracted by the things that used to abuse us and have taken life from us. We can turn to the truth and say, I have a sufficiency in Christ in me. My life is in Christ. Nowhere else. I have no other source. And you know what? We say this life is hard, we say this life is difficult, and we say this life proves that we don't have enough of Jesus, but I tell you that it proves that we have all that we need. This life proves that He is sufficient. This life proves that I have more than this life. (laughs) That I live to something greater and higher. We have His life. And the things that used to be called my life, my history and my past, are no longer my life. 
Verse 12. Thus you were circumcised when you were buried with him in your baptism, in which you were also, oh, here's the glorious part, raised with him to a new life through your faith in the working of God as displayed when He raised Him up from the dead. You see, you have life in Him. And while you may have failure, they no longer define you. You now have a new life. Now let me tell you something about this new life. It's His life. And you're in union with it. But let me tell you a few things about His life. It's never diminished. It is never weak. It is never abused. It is never sinful. It is never less than potent. It is never less than in the midst of power. It is never less than all that man needs, this world needs, this universe needs, that all of creation needs, that eternity needs to hold it together. That is the truth of his life. Every need is met in him. And you know who defines need? He does. For He created the body, He created the universe, He created all things, and He created everything to express a dependency upon one another. But there's one central truth that only the Christian gets and understands. The greatest dependency of all existing matter is that the God of the universe hold it in place. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m., at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.